So Chad Simmons, who is the director of recruiting for On3, yesterday dropped uh, some intel, but you can't guess what quarterback in this country everybody wants to talk about, and every national recruiting guy will mention at least once because a lot of people are enamored with the Raiola family. Did his dad – okay, you just said it. So did his dad play Nebraska? Narrows it down. So Chad Simmons, you know, it's Nebraska, Georgia, USC – and Georgia already has a quarterback in the class of 24. He's a four-star from Connecticut, Ryan Puglisi. USC does not have a quarterback yet in the class of 2024, but USC already has uh, a nice collection of quarterbacks on campus, and Malachi Nelson was in their 23 class, Mm -hmm. and he's a five-star quarterback from Southern California. But Chad Simmons said that, uh, and this is his quote, I hear different things on who may be trending for Riola, but one thing appears to be consistent over the last month or so, Georgia has fallen off a little. No mm. specific reason he is still likely to visit Athens at some point this spring, but the buzz is stronger around Nebraska and SC today. This will be one. This will be a fun one to watch and cover. The only visit that Riola has scheduled is to Nebraska on March 25th when Nebraska is going to mm. have a big junior day where they have six high-level prospects that they will have on campus. That's the aftermath of the 25th, like the days after there. It could be big. Could. Could. Stressing that. Who you like uh, outside of the quarterback on that weekend? Well, I haven't actually given a look on who's going to be there, but I'm just saying as far as what he could be doing, if he picks Nebraska, and we talked about that ability to sort of reach other recruits and that domino effect as far as dependent. And now if it is, it, again, people don't think this thing is going to go into really even into mid-April. Like by the time Nebraska plays their spring game, that there could be a decision and likely would be a decision by what Dylan Ryle is doing. If you're able to get that, news to go your way if you're Nebraska and having that ability you've talked about it many many times of you know different wide receivers different skill position players saying yeah I want to catch passes from that guy like that decision alone if it goes Nebraska's way could be huge uh, we had not talked about his name yesterday so we have filled the quota talk about <laughs> Dylan Ryola on every single day so when Dylan Ryola gets to Nebraska <clears throat> what will college football look like this was interesting yesterday. Well, first, let me let me pre- preface this by saying you went to a college basketball game in person on Saturday. I went on Sunday. Jimmy went recently. When you're doing the games, the TV timeouts don't seem that long. But when you're watching as like a fan, the TV timeouts yeah. for college basketball go forever. Yeah. I mean, very true. Sunday, it was more recognizable. Because whatever they would do during the timeouts, whether it be chucking T-shirts or the Scarlets would be performing or they'd be honoring somebody on the floor, it's almost like they had 30 seconds to get set up before anything happened. And then they would perform or they'd do the presentation mm-hmm. and they would still have like another 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, God, these TV timeouts in college basketball are so long. I had when, time to get a slice of uh, pizza and a drink. Now, when you're at home watching college football, eh, TV timeout, I'm probably going to do something. I'll come back when the... The game is back on. Yeah. Like in person, the college football timeout 
seems like it now goes forever. Yep. And so there is a study that college football officials have concluded about four proposals under consideration to cut down on the length of time in college football. They also say safety. Well, let me tell you that last year, the average college football game that was on television went three hours and 21 minutes. That actually kind of feels low to me. Yeah. I thought it was much higher. Mm -hmm. I thought we were looking at about three hours and then 30 minutes or so. But when it's on TV, they clocked it at 321. Now, it is very hypocritical of things that were proposed yesterday because they're talking about player safety. Uh, What was it? A couple of months ago, we were told we're having an expanded playoff and some teams are going to play 17 games? Right. <laughs> well, that kind of adds up. It's a bit of a contradiction. But the biggest thing I hate about college football is this, and when it comes to TV, touchdown, what do you get with a touchdown? PAT. Mm-hmm. Commercial. Commercial. Kickoff. Commercial. Commercial. Yep. We get that a lot. Especially in the mm-hmm. NFL. Punt. Now, commercial. the NFL does it better because the NFL's replay system is much better. Their replay policy, even if you don't like it or not. But it's it, true. You don't have endless booth reviews mm-hmm. like we have in college football that go on and on and on. Seems like every play. They're just they're endless. And, yeah. and they don't really give you the result that you would expect by the length of time they spend on the replay. So these are four proposals under consideration. Prohibiting consecutive timeouts, i.e. ice and kicks. No one time down at the end of the first quarter and third quarter. Clock runs after first downs except inside of two minutes and a half. Mm-hmm. They said that would remove about seven to nine plays a game. I can, I yeah, can see on that. average, I think the NFL that. is, what, 155 plays yeah. per game in college football right now is 180. There's also, why do we need to stop the clock in college football after a first down? We do. Uh, and then clocks would run on incompletions once the ball is spotted. Now, that is a more significant move, yeah. and that would take about 15 plays removed. There's also the TV factor in here. For anybody that thinks that the TV commercials are going away, uh, have you not seen what the SEC and the Big Ten television deals are? The TV networks are going to get their money's worth. So there is going to be no cutback on commercials. But I wonder if we think outside of the box when it comes to college football. And I don't know if any of these will pass. The clock running after the first down, except inside of two minutes and a half, after a first down, I do like that. I think that has a potential to be passed. Mm-hmm. But this is what we could do. Why not, when you have these college football endless booth reviews, why can't you run picture in picture? Golf does it. Racing does it. Um, there's got to be a couple other sports that are out there that now, while the action is still going on, they're running commercials side by side. Yeah, That seems to work out well. Mm-hmm. So that you could run a commercial like a picture-in-picture side-by-side when the review is going on, and then we don't have like this long stoppage when we get back from a break. Okay? It's the playing-through concept. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's funny you, you, you bring up the, the commercial breaks in watching, especially in college basketball here lately, because I remember at one point saying that to my wife during the game is – well, yeah, this game is on ESPN, and you know they, this is the big game of the day. So maybe they have even a little bit of extra TV time going on with it. It's very noticeable. Um, that it, it, college football that that's the tough thing about really as a viewer 
getting into it. I mean, when you're trained to understand, okay, you're going to have the touchdown PAT commercial, you're going to have the kickoff and commercial, you expect it, you know when it's coming, but it's it's just frustrating, especially in games that you're just you're on edge watching. It just kind of ruins that flow of the game. But when you're talking about trying to speed things up, I, I feel like it's always discussed about ha- how to handle the TV timeouts, how to handle the commercials. Like I, I don't know about the basically consecutive timeout rule as far as you know trying to avoid icing a kicker. Like how much time that would ultimately save. Like to me, that one doesn't seem like one that it needs to really be a high priority. The uh, first down, the clock stopping at first down, I think that one's significant. And I think that one is, if the NFL already does it, there's no reason college football has to not do it. And when I kind of look at the amount of plays on average from NFL in college football, to me that is significant. So when you do think about the TV timeouts, though, that that's is it necessary to always have those two, what you just brought up, the one right after the, the, the PAT attempt and then the one after the ensuing kickoff. And I know they don't always do that, but why does that have to exist, period? Especially when you're starting. Think about when you're starting the game. All right, you're getting the game going. And I know most times yep, they keep the camera there. But there are times where you go to a timeout. It's like, wait a minute. How do you get in any type of flow of this thing? Well, there's the, you know, the, the pace of play. In baseball is a big thing right now, mm-hmm. and they've addressed that. How many people do you run into that say, man, I wish a college football game, either in person or on TV, would be smoother and efficient? It goes way too long. I don't know that I've I don't either, ever but. had anybody to say, you know what? We got a problem in college football. Games go too long. Yeah, this thing is taking way too well, long. Well, we got other things wrong in college football, like trying to find a way to put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, th- you you think that if the game goes shorter, that more people will go to the game in person? I, These aren't I significant moves. Yeah, I doubt that. I mean, if you get rid of the band at halftime, will more people go to games? Depends on the I school. say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but that's people say, you want to cut down on time, cut down on halftime, don't have the band on the field. Well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. That's the one and, thing and, I know and, in the NFL. It's and, super fast halftime. You get, about, you get about 13 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, So they're not changing halftime. They're not getting rid of the band. I, no. know, that, I know a lot. Of, some people are upset. No. Other people would riot if they said, nope, we're not having the band at halftime. But he, I know for sure, absolutely, the TV inventory with commercials is not going away. You don't pay the enormous amount of money that ESPN and Fox is paying, and they say, you know what, you can't have as many commercials. You know what they'll do? They will be more creative on how they will place their commercials throughout the play-by-play window. And that's why I think picture-in-picture picture yeah. may be coming to college football. Yeah, I've always appreciated that. And you brought up golf. That was the first time I noticed when they did that. And I always appreciated that. Because what what do people think about golf? Yeah, it's very, very boring. There's a lot of downtime. You're going from one shot to the other. So why do we necessarily have to go cut away to a commercial when we can, you know, if someone's in a, in a precarious position, let's see where their ball is. Let's, let's watch them maybe approach a shot as we're getting ready to come out of that commercial. Whatever happened to the discussion, and, and God bless him, because he was on the right path, because Bill Callahan was the first to suggest this, the helmet communication. Mm-hmm. How come we have never gotten any further in college actually, football yeah. with the helmet communication like we have in the NFL? I'm surprised by that. I really am surprised it's by that. It's not really even a discussion in college football. No. 
We have the technology in right. place right. to do it. But that conversation that I remember Bill Callahan, that was one of the things when he made the transition from the NFL to college here, he was like, man, I'd love to have this. Nobody else really brings that up. Mm-hmm. You don't think it could work in college? Of course it could. But 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 it's like a non... No one even like addresses it, which is a little bit surprising because I think if you had a plan that there would be more coaches that would get on board with it. Oh, yeah. It, when you think about where the, the game has sort of evolved towards the offense, too, you know, ha- being able to have that communication while, even if you're going tempo, and, and you look at a lot of sort of the copycat offenses from the NFL to college football, I mean, it's, it's a trickle-down effect. Having that communication, I mean, it's, it's a huge advantage. And so, yeah, the only thing I would, I would wonder is – does college football feel like they are technically set up for that? But I would think they are. I mean, the, so, the amount yeah, of money get, that goes into oh, it, I think they would be. we got so much technology now. Yes. Give me, give me sideline-to-helmet communication. Let's speed the, the booth reviews up. Yeah. And don't give me touchdown commercial, kickoff commercial. Well, and and let, we're good. And I'll love you forever, college football. Let, let me ask you this. Maybe the better question is, not like, oh, are we, can we do the helmet technology? Should we do the, t- w- w- let me ask this question. What would it hurt if you did it? Like, what would be the downfall if they introduced that technology in college football? There wouldn't be, right? No. There, but, but, there's but there's no even, downside to it You don't even see like a, an experiment during like the spring. The spring yeah. would be the most ideal time mm-hmm. to try this out across college football yeah. to see what the reaction is, how it works, the bugs they have to work out. But this is not even a consideration. Yeah, zero downside. I, 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 don't, I don't know why. I don't. I don't sense people are fighting it, but they're not promoting it, which is well, a little bit of a. I think there maybe some coaches they wouldn't mind that. We're gonna get Nick Saban on this one. Uh, here is uh, David. David, good morning. Welcome to the zone. Hey Gary, how's it going? Good, David. Hey, listen, I'm just in your conversation. You already talked about the revenue that. The networks are going to continue to get the revenue, and we talk about picture-in-picture marketing and advertising. Love the thought process, but I wonder what the difference in the dollar is in the half-screen to the full-screen marketing. I can Mm -hmm. tell you as a fan, when I watch, and there's a split picture there, I'm not watching the advertising. Yeah. So I'm going to hang up and let you talk about that or respond to it. David, thanks for the call. You get the cheaper rate on the the half-screen. Do you? I mean, that, no. That's, that's what a, I'm saying. That's what I suggest. You get the a, cheaper rate. That's a valid question. So you have maybe some tiers of your ad buy. Yeah, yeah. But David's right. I mean, when when was the last time you're watching any race, uh, auto race, mm-hmm. and they go to the split screen while the action is still going on? Yeah. Now maybe it's a little bit different because if we're going picture in picture in the college football world, it's well a review is going on. Yeah, so what are you really like tuning in on watching the official where, go put on the headset? Where with golf and racing, the event is still going on. Right. So you're paying attention to what's on the left side yeah. of your screen or the right side of your screen. Yeah. But I could, yeah, I could see it being sort of a, a tiered advertising investment. But they're good. they have to think outside of the box here, and that might be an avenue to go with. Um, but the, the, I'm glad that the caretakers are thinking about the game. But I think there are other things that are higher up on the list that we need to fix about college football to make sure that we can move forward. Yeah, and I would agree 100%, though, when you think about 
the end of a college football game, there might be sometimes we're like, wow, that I wonder if that I wonder what the total time on that one was. But I don't think you're ever saying, oh my gosh, these things just drag too long. Some of those Big 12 games always be about four hours. Yeah, it, but you would find yourself in moments of the game, of college football game, you're like, oh, God, another, another freaking commercial. So why is it different in college? And I, and I ask this, I'm, I probably know the answer, but I, I want to bring you guys in. What, why win a game, a college football game, even if it's like 28-17, mm. goes three hours and 45 minutes, we don't complain because we don't have many of them? We only get in college football twelve yeah. Saturdays a year because yeah. we love college football. We, yeah, we, and, we think of college football in, differently. In baseball, we have to have one hundred and sixty-two yep. of them. I, think, I, I, I get, think that's exactly what it I've, is. I've never really run into a person that wanted to have a deep conversation about college football games are too long. No, but the first thing you bring up when talking about baseball is pace of play, the amount of time, and I, I the only time that I, it's ever really brought up in college football. Is when you're talking about the NFL, when you're talking about how pretty tight those windows are, and people will immediately point to like halftime and some of the ways that the NFL goes. Well, well the NFL does a good job of killing dead time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we're proposing here in college football is essentially we're at the top, and I think we're in agreement. The biggest factors in games running too long in college football is the commercials and the reviews. Yeah. Well, we ain't going to touch the money of the networks because they're 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 putting food on my table. Let's actually cut into the playing time of the actual event that is going on. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm a ha- having a hard time balancing this. So then we're, we yeah. need to focus on, if we focus on the reviews in college football and expediting those and mm-hmm. cleaning those up and making those more efficient, the rest is going to take care of itself. Yeah. And we don't need to tinker with the game where, you know, where the actual playing time of the game which is the most important thing, is going to be impacted. Well, do, you, do you agree, though, that stopping the clock after a first down is necessary? Like, when I, based on how the NFL does it, I, I don't, like, if you want to make a change, and I always felt this in baseball, if you want to sort of adjust how the game is played, I'm open to that. It's when you fundamentally change the game itself. And I don't know if stopping the clock or keeping the clock well, running after a first down because they do it at the pro level is necessarily fundamentally changing the well, game. Well, the think. idea that they would run the clock after an incompletion? Yeah, that's I don't like that. But as far as first even, down, even, stopping yeah, the clock. even so, So running the clock after an incompletion should be a non-starter, even with an exception for spikes. Mm-hmm. You're still you're still going to significantly alter close games with offenses that have a lead, right. and 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 that you know the lead where you can throw without risking a stop. Right. I mean, how many times I'll use Jeff Brown as an example. Watch that Purdue Penn State game uh, to kick off the season. How many times they decided to throw the football when they had the lead against Penn State, and the fact that the clock did stop, Penn State yeah. didn't have to take timeouts. Like, wow, those decisions. Yeah. Open the door for Penn State to win that football game, and that's you know that's the drama that we love. I mean, that does hinder decision making, and it kind of separates game management from different coaches. So, picture and picture are monetizing in-game stuff. During the World Cup, they did a really good job. Like stuff was sponsored. We we do this in radio a lot. You know, three pointers are mm-hmm. sponsored, assists yeah. are sponsored, all of that stuff. We don't do it as much in TV, where Gus Johnson is telling you that that is a progressive first down. 
Right. But yet, but that does monetize it a little bit. Sometimes the the uh, first down line, remember that used to be sponsored. You know, you'd have the uh, Kiosera or or, yeah, or, or how about this? Um, All right, right. Oliver Martin is back for a Allstate Insurance punt return. Yeah. That's a you're in good hands touchdown reception. <laughs> we all love this sport, and we all love this thing that I keep bringing up, which is atrocious for the game of college football. Touchdown, extra point, commercial, kickoff, commercial. Yeah. There aren't a lot of things that we agree about yeah. on the on the show in America. I think we all agree that that is ridiculous to go touchdown, PAT, commercial, kickoff, commercial. Yeah, it's the stop and go traffic portion of a football game. That's football the game. time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. We agree on a Tuesday. It's, it's it is the stop and go portion of a college football game. I right. hate it. Ben Steele, talk Marquette Creighton tonight downtown at seven thirty, right here on the zone. Big, big game. Very notable. That's the way I'm going to explain a very notable game that essentially is for the Big East Championship. Uh, we'll get Ben's thoughts on uh, how Marquette has gotten atop the Big East when he joins us next on Mornings with Sharp and Haley on 1620 The Zone.